Another wave of lockdown madness is on the way. Keyword madness. Good morning. It is the Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. I am your peppy host, Fingers Malloy. Sarah Smith is womaning the news desk this morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Fingers. Well, we start in the great state of Michigan because that's where we're based. We're Ah, Michigan. Pure Michigan. Right. We're Southeast Michigan's home for conservative talk. Mm -hmm. This week, Gretchen Whitmer, our favorite governor. It's the only one we have here in Michigan, unfortunately. Michigan's favorite governor, (laughs) Gretchen Whitmer. She held a, this may surprise you, Sarah, she held a grim press conference on Thursday. A grim press conference? That sounds so out of character. Right? She's usually so filled with happiness and joy mm-hmm. when she speaks with the folks. Bill O'Reilly calls them the folks. It was a grim press conference on Thursday as a second wave of coronavirus cases surges across the state, dwarfing the previous peak in the spring. Oh, She said, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Children. Ugh. I have to stop myself. She talks to Michiganders like they're kids. I'm not going to sugarcoat this now. Lectures at you like... An elitist who's about to clamp down on all the rules and probably not live by the same rules that she's imposing on everyone else. Yes. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. How do you like my imitation of Gretchen Whitmer? Is it spot on? Spot on. Yeah, for a second there, I was like, oh, I didn't know we got her on the show. (laughs) I transported you to another place in time. Just amazing. The year was 2020. Although I will say, I will say your Gretchen Whitmer is a little more cheery. Oh, that's true. Than the real Gretchen Whitmer. You saying it should be a little bit more naggy? You yeah, a little more naggy, a little more, what's the word? What's the word? Grim. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat this. That nailed it. That's it right there. We are in the worst part of this pandemic to date. This is the moment that medical experts have been warning us about and dreading since the beginning of the pandemic. Amazing. As of Thursday, the state has recorded a total of 236,000 cases and 7,800 total deaths. That's nothing to joke about. No, it is not. With an overall case rate of 416 cases per million and a positivity rate of 10.8%. Our numbers are increasing rapidly. I'm not even going to uh, attempt to pronounce this chief medical uh, official's name. Joni? Dr. Joni Keldon? Is that what we're going with? I'm going to go with Dr. Joni Keldon. Okay. I'm sure that right now, as I'm speaking, the numbers are even higher than what I had just announced. Okay. Here's where the rubber meets the road, Sarah Smith. 
Right. So unless, that way they, they've, they've laid out the scene. Yes. Unless we get our act together right now, we could be hitting our daily peak of deaths in Michigan come Christmas. Speaking of the holidays. Speaking of, since you mentioned it. Yeah. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this. <laughs> Whitmer strongly advised Michiganders cancel large Thanksgiving gatherings this year due to the rapid community spread of the virus. And uh, what did we say? Caldun. 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 Now, oh, see, now I've switched it up. Caldun. Is this like Kamala Harris? Kamala, it is just like that. We're just going to you know, pronounce this doctor's name uh, seven different ways till Sunday. Is that exactly the, until okay. someone accuses us of being racist? Of course. And then, of course, we'll continue to mispronounce it because it's just a name that we don't know how to pronounce. We're just <laughs> listen. We're just not very bright. Right. Don't forget. Don't forget that we are just uneducated blue collar workers. That's right. Anyway, speaking of the holidays, Whitmer strongly advised Michiganders cancel large Thanksgiving gatherings due to the rapid community spread of the virus. And Khaldun advised people not to travel to see their families or friends this year. Thanksgiving (laughs) is going to look different this year. It just has to, Whitmer said. Medical experts across the country strongly recommend that we do not host Thanksgiving with people from outside of our own households. I know this will be hard, (laughs) but we cannot afford for people to head to a family member's, friend's, or loved one's house for Thanksgiving, contract the virus, and bring it back to their communities and their homes. Whitmer said her family's Thanksgiving gatherings usually include four or five households, but she said they aren't planning on doing that this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. I have one thing to say about all this. Go on. Resist. Resist we much. Resist we much. Well, listen, we are branding the Snark Factor as your radio home for the Resistance 2.0. Resistance 2, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) Resistance Radio, that's what we are here at the Snark Factor. Hashtag not my governor. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I didn't vote for her. I don't have to follow her rules. I'm having Thanksgiving. Boom. Boom. That's how I'm going to resist. I'm going to eat three turkeys. This is the name of the show is the snark factor. Don't get your panties all up in a wad because we're we're trying to be somewhat good natured about what's going on here. This is a terrible crisis. It is uh, the the coronavirus is real. Nobody's calling it a hoax here, but we are at the point I'm not calling it COVID fatigue, pandemic fatigue. That's not what this is. This is just a life decision in general. You have two options. You can cower in fear and lock yourself in your home 
until all of this goes away, if you can afford to do that, and many people can't, many people don't have the ability to work from home like some of you and have to make a living, or you can try to take the proper precautions, wash your hands, go by the CDC guidelines when it comes to going out in public, wear your mask, and live your life. It's very easy for Gretchen Whitmer to tell people to stay home and not celebrate the holidays with their families this year. What are you going to tell the elderly? What are you going to tell people like my 82-year-old father who's looking forward to seeing me over the holidays? I know your answers. I'm just trying to protect him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know if he's going to have a holiday season next year. There are no guarantees in life. Mm-hmm. And I know my father, and I know my father is a lot like many other senior citizens in this country, where if they have a choice between being locked in their homes all by themselves for the next six weeks not visiting anyone, not having anyone visit, and sitting in their rocking chairs in fear or saying to themselves, I'm going to live my life. I want to see my family. For all I know, this could be the very last holiday season. I'm on this planet, and I'm not going to let a power-drunk governor tell me who I can and can't have in my house. I think it's time to let the American people and people in the state of Michigan decide who they can have in their homes and who they can't have in their homes and not let some politician in a state house or a governor's mansion tell them who they can have in their houses, especially when you damn well know that they will not follow the same rules that they expect you to follow. Never do. It's time to put an end to this madness. I've talked to several business owners in the past week who are barely treading water. This is going to destroy them. Look at the businesses that have already been destroyed. I'm tired of this narrative that you're selfish if you decide you're going to try to live your life. It's very selfish to sit back and tell a bunch of people that they should stay home and not go out when you can stay home and work from home. Not everyone has that opportunity or ability to do that. People have to make a living, and people own businesses, Mm -hmm. and they're going under. They should have the ability to run their businesses without the governor just willy-nilly pointing at certain businesses and saying, you're shut down, but you stay open. You're a restaurant? That serves chicken wings, you can stay open. Oh, you're a bar, but you don't serve food? You gotta close. Science. Because science. Enough is enough. 
it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Hospitals are starting to become overwhelmed again. But we can't do this again. We cannot lock down the country. We can't lock down the state of Michigan. It's scary what some governors are saying, what some mayors are saying. There's a mayor in central Indiana, a mayor of Carmel, Indiana. His name escapes me. But he said, I don't, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't want it to get to the point where we have to limit street traffic to essential businesses only. But it may come to that. What, well, what are you saying? Are you going to have checkpoints? Are you going to have police patrol the streets and pull anyone over who's on the street and ask them where they're going? Maybe ask them for their papers? When are the American people going to push back and say enough is enough? When is it going to happen? It has to happen soon. Because this is getting out of control. You're starting to see it. I talked to a manager of a chain restaurant last night. And he said in Chicago, and I don't have proof of this. I, I, I know the gentleman. He seems like he's an honest bloke. Mm-hmm. He told me that you know they're you know they're doing these shutdowns in Chicago and there are at least 120 restaurants that are saying stuff it we're going to stay open. Good. Good. They should. They should. At some point you got to say enough is enough. I have to feed my family. Mm-hmm. I don't get a check because I'm the governor and my check will come no matter what and if the economy shut down I still get paid that doesn't work that uh, that way for people in the private sector it's a bunch of bureaucrats gone wild it's state agencies it's federal agencies coming up with these guidelines and governors and mayors Channeling their inner Barack Obama saying, I've got a phone and a pen and I'm going to use it. And meanwhile, families are destroyed. We're not downplaying the seriousness of this virus. And we mourn the people who have died due to this. But you have to live your life. And you can't destroy the entire economy to try to protect some. In other news, you know, with all of these lockdowns, Sarah, there's still a contested election in this country. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> what is today? So it's, it's what, day 26 of election 2020? Something like that, yeah. Something like that? And, uh, you know, there, there's so much going on. And, uh, you know, there's many people in part of the surrender caucus of the Republican Party, Sarah, <laughs> who say, you know what, Trump lost. Let's, let's just get on with it. Let's just uh, 
Let's just go ahead and, uh, you know, go along with uh, the idea that Biden is the president of the United States and well, president elect and we'll just deal with it. And let's focus on the runoff in Georgia. Mm -hmm. If they do that, that is the end of the Republican Party in my mind. Right. Right. Why would you support that? How much longer are we going to put up with these kind of shenanigans in democratically held states? Where the the Democrat Party runs the state, they run the or, or excuse me, run the cities, in some cases run the state mm-hmm. and come up these 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 irregularities come right. up well, and it's no it's no secret that the urban centers have participated in scale tipping of elections for decades. Right. This is not new. This is not new. And one could make the argument that the reason Donald Trump won in 2016 is because they got cocky and didn't tip the scales as much as they thought they needed to. And now they're overcorrecting and hopefully they overcorrected enough that finally it's going to be exposed and we can revamp the system and avoid things like this. Exactly. David Schaefer is the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party. I want to read a couple of tweets from him because right now we're looking at about a 15,000 vote advantage for Joe Biden in the state of Georgia. Listen to what happened on election night, according to uh, David Schaefer. Let me repeat, Fulton County, which is the Atlanta, Atlanta area, Fulton County election officials told the media and our observers that they were shutting down the tabulation center at State Farm Arena at 10.30 p.m. on election night only to continue counting ballots in secret until 1 a.m. No one, no one disputes that Fulton County election officials falsely announced that the counting of ballots would stop at 10.30 p.m. No one disputes that Fulton County elected officials unlawfully resumed the counting of ballots after our observers left the center. If David Schaefer is lying about this, he should be removed as chairman of the state GOP in Georgia. He should be kicked out of the Republican Party. He shouldn't be allowed to run a garage sale. Correct. But if he's telling the truth, mm-hmm. arrests I, need I to be made. I, I don't know if you see this in front of you, but the third the third tweet in that thread is that the, uh, the Atlanta Journal... Uh, AJC, whatever that Atlanta's paper is, is is gaslighting you when they report that there's no evidence of irregularity in this election has been flagged by Twitter, that tweet. This claim about election fraud is disputed. Twitter is awful. Facebook is awful. Sure is. I'm not telling you to run away from it, but there are other options. Parler, MeWe, Minds. There are so many other social media platforms you can be a part of, and I'm not telling you to run away from these platforms, but at some point, we have to push back from all of this 
I'm not being a snowflake, Sarah. I'm resisting. Correct. But if what David Schaefer states on Twitter is true, mm-hmm. arrests need to be made. Yes. People need to be prosecuted. Enough is enough. These shenanigans need to stop in cities like Atlanta, Philadelphia, Detroit. <laughs> it needs to end. It needs to stop. Fox News is in a lot of trouble for how they've been covering this election mess. I mean, did, Sarah, do you have the story in front of you of Neil Cavuto? I do have the story in front of me. Um, so Fox News is in trouble for a lot of reasons right now. One, they called Pennsylvania election night. They've been pushing the whole blue wave narrative, despite the fact that it's been debunked with evidence in front of us. Wait, wait, the, wait, wait, they, they didn't call Pennsylvania election night. What was, um, oh, Virginia. no, I'm sorry. They called uh, Virginia, Arizona, Virginia and Arizona election night. Apologies, yeah. everybody. Thank you, fingers. Um, and they pushed the blue wave narrative and they are calling Joe Biden president elect. And they are at this point not really behaving any better than the left out leftist outlets. Um, the the chair, the current cherry on that cake is uh, during the Neil Cavuto show the other night, he cut off press Secretary Kaylee Mac- McEnany. McEnany? I have a problem because I know someone named McEnany and I always want to call her Kaylee McEnany and I know that's not right. Anywho, so she's doing a press conference and she's discussing the evidence and uh, the the sworn affidavits and the people who have come forward making claims of election fraud, people who have come forward claiming seeing things that were not right. And it couldn't have been more than a minute into her press conference and Neil Cavuto cuts the feed Whoa, 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 whoa. I think we, and this is, I'm sorry, let me quote Neil here. I think we just have to be very clear. She's charging that the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue to show you this. They've lost their minds. They've lost their minds. They've lost their minds. Here's the audio. One party in America that opposes verifying signatures, citizenship, residency, eligibility. There is only one party in America trying to keep observers out of the count room. And that party, my friends, is the Democrat Party. You don't take these positions because you want an honest election. You don't oppose an audit of the vote because you want an accurate count. You don't oppose our efforts at sunlight and transparency because you have nothing to hide. You take these positions because you are welcoming fraud and you are welcoming illegal voting. Our position is clear. We want to protect the franchise of the American people. We want an honest, accurate, lawful count. We want maximum sunlight. We want maximum transparency. We want every legal vote to be counted and we want every illegal vote. To whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up. I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up. But that's an explosive charge to make that the other side is effectively rigging and cheating. Uh, if she does bring proof of that, of course, we'll take you back. So far, she has started saying right at the outset welcoming fraud, welcoming illegal voting. 
Not so fast. A little more after this. Oh, shut your hole. Where have the cutaways been, Neil, when for the past three decades, Democrats have called Republicans racist, bigots, homophobes, lied about presidential candidates, lied about the Republican Party, lied about Trump's base. And where were the cutaways? Where was the concern, Neil? You let that go. People need to start letting Fox News go. We'll be back with more of the Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, right after this. Need more fingers in your life? I bet you do. Find fingers on Twitter at twitter.com slash fingersmalloy. One of the most 2020 headlines I've ever read is one we came across earlier today. Apparently, women can't find their vaginas. Welcome back. It's the Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. Follow me on Twitter if you're still on Twitter at Fingers Malloy. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash Fingers Malloy Radio. You can follow Sarah Smith on Twitter at Mama Swatty. We're also on Parlor. Follow me at Fingers Malloy and me we Fingers Malloy. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Can you find I'm call I'm calling fake news on this story right off the jump. I just want to get that out in the open. Can can you find your vagina? Yes. Do you need a map? I sure don't. I sure don't. Okay. Fill us in on how women apparently cannot find their vajayjays in 2020. <laughs> so from, from our dear friend of the New York Post, and this is why we're really glad they got their social media presence back for stories just like this. Um, an estimated quarter of U.S. women don't know where their vagina is, according to a new poll conducted by one poll which found that 46% of ladies couldn't point out the cervix and 59% suggested a different body part when asked to identify the uterus. <sighs> Only one in 10 women passed the anatomy quiz, asking them to name all the parts of a female reproductive diagram. That is just astounding to me. This is unbelievable. One in 10 women passed the anatomy quiz. How do you not know what your parts are? Like, take responsibility for your body. Your body, your choice. Know what your parts are. I was just about to say, how many of these women who can't figure out their vagina from their uterus uh, are standing at political demonstrations saying, keep your, <laughs> keep your politics Keep your rosaries out of my, out of my ovaries? Yeah. Keep your laws uh, out of my... Badge. I didn't rhyme, but it was it was just on the fly. Well, there's more. This is this is even worse. I can't believe menopause was not understood well either. Thirteen percent to find. To be honest, who really understands menopause? Well, yeah, but that's that is fair because it is a it is a trying time for everyone involved. Thirteen percent defined menopause as a term to describe a missed period, while ten percent. This is a quote here. Figured it had something to do with turning forty. As a 39-year-old woman, I resent that deeply, first of all, whoever took this poll. Oh, they didn't know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Um, uh, teachers failed. They Their parents failed. 
Oh my goodness. The, the, the excuses, the reason that they, uh, women were divided on who to blame for the poor understanding of their own bodies. 36% it was teachers, 28 resented their parents and 27% called for better public education standards. How about a science book? Don't we already have a government program in place to show a woman where her vagina is? It's called biology class in a public right, school. Right. Well, but science class is now filled with teaching um, transgenderism and uh, uh, fluidity of sexual orientation and basically everything that is, you know, as unscientific as we can possibly come up with. So they just don't have time. But isn't this really just another example of government failure and then people in this piece say the solution to this is more government? Our government schools have failed to teach proper uh, education about reproductive systems. There should probably be more public uh, government intervention. Right. Listen, we all know that the vagina is a mystery. Right. A vast mystery. A vast and gaping mystery. <laughs> but having said that, we would never put up with this if the study suggested that two out of ten women couldn't point to their elbow. <laughs> It's fair. Another government program. We need we need more government education. That's what we need in this situation. I'm just grateful that those women who cannot find their vagina, many of them went to the polling places and they voted. They voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because they're going to take care of their vagina for them so they don't have to think about it or worry about it. <sighs> Yay. Can't, can't we just come out and say the great grand experiment of women <laughs> voting <laughs> has been a failure? From prohibition... <laughs> to not knowing where their vagina is and everything in between. I don't know how you can make the argument that they have earned, that we have earned this right, that we have maintained. I'm sorry. Right Sarah. to this right. You're a very I, bright woman. I know. But there are some bad apples. I know. I'm not, I can't deny it. In vagina land. I can't deny it. Many of whom of your gender can't point to vagina land on a map. Like if you've of, I want to see the subset of these people who have actually given birth. Yeah. Like have carried a child and given birth and yet still cannot identify the uterus or their vagina. And I don't mean to. And confuse, I, then I want to talk to their doctors. I don't want to confuse any women out there by calling it vagina land and maps, because then they're going to say, "Um, that's geography." That's <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really bad. That's social studies. <laughs> Which, by the way, I found out this week, everybody, that social studies is now um, uh, lessons about how to treat people. 
we have a we have a seven year old doing virtual learning in our house four days a week, and I get to listen to what he's learning. And when he has social studies, they talk about um, how to treat other people to make them feel good. Wow. Yeah. Listen, and I, I'm prepared to give equal time here, Sarah. Men are dopey. Of course. Oh, of course. It goes. Look, it goes without saying. And that's why you need us around, because we counter that. Yes. However, our 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 political savvy leaves a lot to be wanted. Men are dopey. And there was a video clip circulating social media this week. It, apparently, it was the 50th anniversary of this local news report, I believe it was in Oregon, where they had a, a dead whale had washed up on a beach. And they had no way of getting rid of this whale. So a bunch of dopey men thought it would be a good idea to just put a bunch of dynamite in the whale and blow it up, thinking, well, it would be blown to to bits and then seagulls would come and eat what was what was left i kind of i think i i, I remember this I, I mean i don't remember it obviously but i've seen this on the it was the 50 year anniversary of that it was the 50 year anniversary uh some men got together and wanted to blow stuff up and they blew up uh this whale and what happened was most of the carcass remained on the beach but uh, <laughs> Whale blubber flew everywhere. It destroyed uh, one car, I believe, was a quarter mile away. Oh, God. That is awful. Dopey men, Sarah, who shouldn't vote, decided it would be a good idea. Maybe there should just be some sort of like litmus test for people who are allowed to vote. Yeah, but then you have to create a government agency that writes that test, and right. I am not going to... here's the thing. You, that's you, not going to fly. You can have the Census Bureau come up with that test, but instead of doing that, they would have to come up with a new bureau. Right. Of course. Of course. And they wouldn't... And the test wouldn't... This, look, this this reminds me of another story. Sorry, I'm going to give you another little story. I know we talked about my dentist. We talked about my dentist, who's a liberal, who says all of his friends low-key were voting for Trump. Okay. The other conversation I had with the dentist is that he asked me why we shouldn't just get rid of the Electoral College. This man is an immigrant. This man who, as an adult, had to take a test to become a citizen of this country. Right. And he says to me, why don't we just get rid of it? And I say, well, because... Everyone who lives outside of a city will be voiceless in our national elections. We have state and local representatives for the to represent the state and local people. And he goes, oh, I never thought about it like that. Oh, he never thought about it like that, which means he never thought about it, which means it wasn't part of. I mean, I that is the sort of thing that needs to be on the test for if you can vote. You need to understand the basic premises well, but, of how our government works. But the people who are writing that test right now are probably against the Electoral College. And exactly. exactly brings us to the next point where they would write the test going, why is the Electoral College dumb and outdated? <laughs> Explain how the Constitution is a living document that you can change at your will. Yes. That's what that test would be. You know so. who would never change the Constitution? Who's that? A dog mayor. 
That's true. He's not going to touch the Constitution. A dog mayor, you ask? A dog mayor? That's not possible. Sarah, you found a dog mayor. I sure did. It, um, we all love Kentucky. I feel like one of these days, Kentucky is going to be the next Florida man, but for something else, it's not going to be Kentucky man. It's going to be like, I don't know, Kentucky mayor. I mean, at this point, who knows? Um, a town in Kentucky has elected a dog as mayor. Uh, this is a story from our friends over at Red State. <laughs> Do you think politics has gone to the dogs? In this case, and many, many others, you're right. This is great. One thing. Uh, Wilbur Beast is his name, and he's a Frenchie. But perhaps oh, more notably, whoa, whoa. He's I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. He is French. He's a French. He's French. He's a French bulldog. I apologize. French bulldog. So he's going to surrender the town to rival towns if there's a Correct. scuffle. Okay, go ahead. Correct. Wilbur Beast. Wilbur, Wilder Beast. Wilbur Beast. I like it. it's cute. Um uh, according to the Rabbit Hash Historical Society, the town of Rabbit Hash has cast 13,143 ballots for Mr. Wilbur Beast. He's a French bulldog. Uh, every three years, the Rabbit Hash Historical Society holds elections for a canine mayor. Okay. So the, do- the town has a dog mayor in addition to the real mayor. Oh, this is disappointing. Which is really disappointing. I'm disappointed too, you guys. You had me I, all excited that we were going to have dog mayor. And I know, I'm, I'm really upset about out, it, too. Now I'm finding out there is no dog mayor. There is and no that, Kentucky. There is no vagina. Thanks, how much you want to bet? How much you want to bet that this whole dog mayor idea was something broads came up with? <laughs> Rap, they call it canine in chief. Stop it. Okay, that's cute. They just won me back over again. <laughs> Canine in chief. All right. Well, when the metropolitan areas collapse, I'm going to rabbit hole, Kentucky. Can we discuss the the the, the city name? Uh, rabbit hash. I apologize. Yeah, rabbit hash. Rabbit or rabid hash. Rabbit. Rabbit like a bunny. Like oh. a bunny hash. Like I'm hunting wabbits. Wabbit. Yes. Rabbit. I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it on the map. On the map. Let's see where in Kentucky it is. Oh, it's, it's a it's a lakeside town, a riverside town. <laughs> is it by Vagina Town? <laughs> Can you? Oh, point it's to very that on close map? to Ohio. Oh, it's practically Ohio. It is. It basically a suburb of Cincinnati, but it just happens to be in Kentucky. Just happens to be in Kentucky where the canine mayor mm-hmm. lives and breathes. Uh, tell me about the whiskey tree. Because this is a really, really, really big deal. The holidays are coming. That's true. And you need to start like preparing now because apparently we're all going to be locked in our houses for the holidays. So when you're stocking up on your uh, lockdown booze, make sure you get extra for the holidays. And I think the best way for you to get extra would be to get a Christmas tree built with whiskey that's right folks a christmas tree built of more than 100 bottles of jameson whiskey whiskey drinkers of legal age can enter to win one of nearly nine foot trees now through november 20th so you have time guys go to ask jeeves and type in jameson whiskey tree 
And I am sure the thing for you to apply will pop right up. Each tree is valued at $5,000. It will be delivered to the seven winners' homes and assembled in two hours by two of Jameson's specialists. So you don't even have to do any of the work. And you also get a, oh, all recipients. Oh, it doesn't say all recipients. Loophole. will also get a $45 gift card that can be used for a bottle of Jameson Black Barrel. Not a big Jameson fan. But I would like to know how you become a Jameson expert. You drink a lot of it. And that's a really good question. And uh, here's another question I have. Oh, I, let me give you, I, here, I'll, I found it for you already. Jamesonwhiskey.com. You can enter to win right there. Oh, Boom. there you go. A uh, Jameson Whiskey should be a sponsor of the Snark Factor. They would make a great sponsor for the Snark Factor. So, you know. And if you don't the, like Jameson, I'll take it. There you go. Back in the day, when we relaunched the show. See, the, for those who uh, don't know, this is one of, this may be the oldest podcast slash radio show combination in America. We mm-hmm. launched the Snark Factor in 2009 mm-hmm. on a radio station called uh, RFC Radio. And then uh, we moved on to FTR Radio, which is an uh, online radio station that I uh, was a part owner of for a long time. And then I walked away from FTR Radio. And briefly, uh, this show morphed into a show called Enough Already. Uh, but then we brought the Snark Factor back. And so out of the last 11 years, this show has been on for 10 years, mm-hmm. either in podcast form or uh, on terrestrial radio here at our home at Wham Talk 1600 AM 92.7 FM. And we are grateful to be part of the Wham family. Uh, when we relaunched the show in 2017, I think that's right. 2017, maybe 2018. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Smith, uh, you know, we, but I, I, I'll rewind, go back further than that. Uh, in the old Snark Factor days, Sarah Smith would uh, give us uh, different drink recipes from time oh, to yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Sarah, uh, as I was at one point, uh, was a bartender. Right. And, so we are coming up close to the Thanksgiving Day holiday, and of course Christmas is right around the corner, and we need to start talking about holiday drinks. We sure do. This needs to happen, Sarah. You need to come up with some sort of snark factor holiday cocktail that we can. Uh, well, let's have a let's have two holiday cocktails, Sarah. Uh, your homework assignment will be for next week's show. To have a cocktail ready for the folks for Thanksgiving when they mm-hmm. ignore Governor Whitmer's order and they have Thanksgiving with their families, right? And then, of course, we we're going to have to have a Christmas drink. And uh, the the show I'm on that's nationally syndicated. Let me drop that in there. Uh, Eat, drink, smoke. We're up to like sixty radio stations now, Sarah. Oh yeah, very very happy. and growing fast. Yes. Uh, I am the co-host of Eat, Drink, Smoke and producer of Eat, Drink, Smoke, along with uh, Tony Katz, who's really the master of ceremonies. Uh, And uh, we were talking on that show this weekend about 
holiday drinks. And my mother, God rest her soul, her favorite holiday drink, whenever we would have a big gathering uh, for Thanksgiving or Christmas, she would get a punch bowl out, Sarah. And she would get a big block, sometimes two half gallons of vanilla ice cream and just put it in the punch bowl and then take two-fifths of Kahlua and just pour the Kahlua on the ice cream and let it set. That's my kind of lady. Yeah. She would do that every year. And the foam, it would foam up and you Mm -hmm. would take a ladle and uh, the melted ice cream along with the Kahlua. That's a little bit of a white Russian kind of... Without the vodka. Right. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, may I ask why we're not doing a Hanukkah drink? And I'm wondering if Tony Katz inquired the same question, since he and I are both members of the tribe. Listen, <laughs> this is America. <laughs> if we're going to be an inclusive show, I'm going to need a Hanukkah drink. It's all about Christianity and atheism here in the United States, Sarah. Everybody you other, else, you other just... fringe people, you 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 Jewish people and the Muslims and the and the vegetarians, all of you fringe religious <laughs> people. It's not about you, okay? It is Christmas. It's Christmas. Now, Merry I'm, Christmas, Sarah. We'll do a <laughs> Merry Christmas. We'll do next week. We'll do a Thanksgiving drink, and then a week or two after that, we'll do the Hanukkah drink. Because I believe I'm not a great Jew, so I don't know this. I'm pretty sure Hanukkah's kind of early this year. I think it's like the 12th of December or something. And then we'll do or starts the 12th, maybe the 10th. Um, and then we'll do a Christmas drink. Also, we'll do all three. We will do a Hanukkah. We'll stretch drink. them out over a couple shows. Yes, we will do a Hanukkah drink. We will do a Christmas mm-hmm. drink. We can do a Kwanzaa drink. We're not doing a Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa drink. It's a fake holiday. It's made up. It's not real. Tweet Sarah at <laughs> Mama Swati and tell her your thoughts on her fake holiday take. It's like Father's Kwanzaa. Day and Mother's Day. It was just made up to sell oh, things to people. Wow. <laughs> and Valentine's Day. Well, now Valentine's Day is val- I'll give val- I'll give people Valentine's Day. I get it. There's well, a whole thing. Was there- Growing up, did you see the adults in your family do some sort of holiday drink? Or was it just the same drink that they would drink in the other Um, (laughs) months of the year, except it was in a special glass? My grandmother, God rest her soul, would make for the holidays um, her whiskey sour. Okay. Which was one can of lemonade concentrate. And that same can filled two, sometimes three times with whiskey and poured into the concentrate and shook and kept in the freezer. So it never froze all the way. It would just catch a little bit of that slush back. Uh So you would just pour it over a cube or two. And it is the perfect whiskey sour to make in bulk. And for the holidays, she would maybe do it. She had different levels. For a regular event, she would do one jar of okay. whiskey. For like her, you know, special for like her girlfriends coming over to play bridge, she'd do two cans. But for the holidays, and she had to put up with all of us, three cans. How much bridge was being played during the holidays? 
Um, not during the holidays, but my father has a lot of stories growing up about coming home from school and there would be a um, very nicely dressed woman in pearls asleep on every bed, couch and chair in the house because the ladies had, I'm making air quotes with my fingers, played bridge all afternoon. Oh, that happens. That'll take a lot out of you. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very tiring game. I'll tell you what's tiring is the constant worry about lockdowns and yeah. the 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 talk of not being able to celebrate the holidays with your family. Like I'm not going to try to tell people what to do. You have to make your own decisions on what makes you happy and what makes your family happy. If you if that is you staying home and locking yourself in your home and keeping yourself away from the outside world. If that's what's made, if that's what makes you happy, then you be you. But it's the holiday season. We all know we're not guaranteed anything in life. I know I'm going to go see my family because nothing is guaranteed. And there may not be a holiday season for some of your loved ones. So take advantage of what you can take advantage of now and live your life. She's Sarah. I'm Fingers. We will be back next week with an all-new Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. Fingers.